I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. So I've always just kind of enjoyed talking to people, and uh, I'm an open book, man. Like, you know, I told you I don't really believe in God. It's just, it's not really that I don't believe. I'm just, I don't know, I guess you'd say just too open-minded. I'm not hating on anybody that does or doesn't. I don't care if you're... Paganistic, satanic, whatever it is that gets you through day-to-day life, cool. It ain't none of my business, man. Mm-hmm. It ain't my place to be judging. I'm sure on a moral standpoint, I do a bunch of shit that's, you know, frowned upon by other people. So there's no sense in me looking at somebody and just being like, that's fucking pathetic. Why the fuck are you doing that? It's just, I don't know. It's just... It's kind of weird, man. Like... I tried to kill myself. And then, uh... Like, I was... I was dead set on it. Like... I done... Pulled off to my favorite... My favorite little hiding spot where I get drunk and be by myself and I wasn't drunk. I was completely sober. Pulled up and just, I don't know, just said, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And while I was sitting there, I was trying to think of a reason not to do it. And something just told me, was like, you should probably just call your doctor. Like, go see, go see, go see a doctor today. So I called my doctor. Told him, I was like, hey man, like, hey, come in. He's like, what's going on? I was like, just some mental health stuff. He was like, all right, like, be up here in like 20 minutes. I was like, okay. Drove Tupelo, went and seen him, told him about it. Got me on some medicine. I've been fairly good since then. But shortly after, it just, I don't know, the way people think. And, like, I can't remember what it was. I was on the way to work. I was working, already working here. And um, I seen, I don't remember what I seen, but I seen something. And, like, it just made me wonder, like, how did that person get to where they're at today? Like, like I wonder, you get to hear about rich folks talk about how they made it. Well, what about the people that don't make it? There's a lot more of them than it is of those. 
Well, you can hear everybody talk about being rich and famous all day long, but you can't hear from the crackhead that's, you know, homeless because she lost her job and lost her kids to her ex-husband, you know, because she had one fuck up her entire life and got judged on that one thing. And now here she is, homeless and shooting up and selling her body for drugs and... Or Shane. You know, you don't hear about Shane's life up until now. And it's just, it was just kind of crazy to me. It's like, we long so much to hear about how everyone's successful, but we don't get to hear everyday normal people that are successful in their own way every day. Whether it be mental health wise, they're fighting to get through it or you know, fighting with bills, trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to pay a car payment so they have enough gas to make it to work next week so they can pay it again next month. I don't know. It's just... That that part about it is interesting and the way the human brain works is just crazy to me. Like, how I can look at... I can look at something and think that it's just one of the most perfect things I've ever seen, but then you look at it and you can name ten things that's wrong with it. It's all about perspectives and other yeah. people's opinions. And so it's a, that, that's always been interesting to me, too. And I don't know, man. I can talk to anybody. I can hold a conversation about anything. And I like talking to people. I like hearing. I love hearing a story. I like being able to sit down with someone personally and be able to talk to them just like I'm talking to them. It's a lot different. You can text me through the phone all day or, you know, send me a Snapchat, but you're not right here with me. Right. And, you know, it comes off in a different tone. It gives, I don't know, I feel like it's more on a personal level. Even though it may be to that person specifically, but it's just a more personal level. And, I don't know, man, the internet now, and hell, I'm not, I'm not old, much older than you. There's little to no human contact every day and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. A phone will draw you in all day long. Mm-hmm. I can call my buddies all day long. Well, it makes it 10 times better when I show up with a six pack and be like, what the fuck's up, dude? Mm-hmm. But a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people now expect something. You know, like, if you're going to oh, come yeah. and see me, hell, bring something with you, you know? Let's get out, oh, let's get drunk or something like that. It ain't just, hey, let's just talk, you know? A lot of people nowadays ain't like that, you know? They always expect something instead of giving something, you know what I mean? And and a lot of, a lot of things with me, like, I, I don't expect anything from anybody, but one thing that I do like to have is your time. You know, if I can just have your time, 30 minutes, 5 minutes, you know, it, it, that means a lot to me. You know, just, <clears throat> hell, you made the time for me, you know, and, that, and that's something I, I didn't really have much uh, from a lot of different people, especially, like, close family in my life, like, like my uncle Trey or whatever. I was, I was taught when I was younger to despise him because of what he did and 
you know, and the drugs and stuff like that. But whenever he got out of prison, I was in the hospital and my lung collapsed. And, uh, yeah, it was a, that was the first trip he ever made out, out of prison, was to come see me in the hospital. You know, and that says a lot about him. It, it spoke to me pretty clearly, you know, that, you know, that, uh, the man loves me, you know. That, you know, we didn't have no time like we did back then, but, you know, that drugs can change people. But also time can change them too, you know, and I don't know, it's just, just thinking about that really just opens the world up to me, like what, what can I give to somebody, you know, just, just taking that time to, like you said, you like talking to people, just taking that time can make someone's day go from Let's say just wanting to kill themselves to making it the rest of the day, you know? Yeah, a lot of times, man, it, and I don't know if you've ever been like that, but for me it was like, I'd have everybody telling me how good of a job I was doing, like, the whole time in my head I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you gotta do way fucking better, like. You're just barely getting back. Like, this is bullshit, you know. Like, you're you're really not giving it your all. Uh, and in turn, I was giving it my all. I was doing everything I could. But I was thinking, you got to be better the whole time. Like, what I was doing wasn't enough. I think, I think that tears a lot of people down, too, in turn. It just kind of sucks, though, man. You know, you've got... I got a thousand and one people that call me friend, but how many of them gonna pick up the phone and come pick my ass up if I actually needed it? Mm-hmm. Kind of sucks, man. You know, you. I don't, <coughs> I don't really say I like regret doing anything for anybody, but. Man, sometimes it does fucking suck, dude. Yeah. I try to do for everybody, I really do. I try to be good for everybody. You know, that's one of the last things I want. If and when I leave this world, won't nobody say, you know, that's just fucking douchebag. He's fucking jackass. I'd rather somebody, you know, well, he'd give his shirt off his back if he had it. That motherfucker went to work every day. Everything he got, he worked for. I don't know, man. Some shit like that, it's just... I don't know, I think technology kind of take, takes a lot of that away now. I think it's easier to pick up the phone and call somebody talk to them for five minutes than it is to drive ten minutes down the road, talk for thirty, and drive... 10 minutes back on. Mm-hmm. I think people get so caught up with being what's new and uh, what's happening and trying to be in the loop on everything. They don't want to get left behind. Yeah, 
can definitely see that. But, let me see. Earlier, whatever you don't know, I have been in the case of, you know, I guess, suicidal thought. <clears throat> well, I did try to kill myself once through pills. And uh, growing up, I was a middle child. I have my little sister that's blood, and then I have uh, a brother that was really my stepbrother. We was no blood related, but he, uh, I learned more from him than I did almost anybody else, you know, at that time in my life. And, yeah. and uh, so I claimed him as my blood, you know. And I still do to this day, even though I ain't seen him in two years, you know. But <clears throat> I just, uh, like I said, I was a middle child, and you know it was either I'll focus on my sister or I'll focus on my brother, and hardly any on me. And a lot of the times when I ask for something, you know, it's like, "What have you done to deserve this?" You know, or like, "You don't deserve it because you ain't done this." And, you know, when growing up, I was never told good job or I was that someone was proud of me or like, and, you know, I was, I was in a bunch of sports and like I said, band and stuff when I was in school and stuff and, you know, and a lot of different things I went to state in. Well, I didn't have no supporters at any of my games and, or tournaments or anything like that and whenever I'd go and. I'd play like a tennis match or something like that and I'd see all like my partners and <clears throat> my competitors or whatever, their family on there cheering them on and I'd look over and I'd just see an empty seat for my people, you know. And I was always hurt like by that, but you know, I I eventually had the expectation that no one was gonna be there for me. So I was in it myself. So I had to do it for myself. And if I wanted to be better, I didn't need nobody else. I needed just me. And that that drives me to do better for myself. And for the longest time, I was complacent in the fact of that I wasn't good enough for nothing. And, you know, growing up, uh, like my, my mama met my stepdad or whatever, when I was seven, they were married for eight years, and he was abusive, an alcoholic, and a crackhead. He was a dealer and a user, you know, and a, and a maker, you know what I mean? Well, uh, you know, every, everything, you know, if he had a bad day, he'd bring it out on all of us, in any way he can whatever he could find. If he couldn't find anything, he'd use his own fist. But uh, I got I got to the point to where I thought it was me. And if I could save everybody else by leaving this world, then I'd do it. So I, uh, my sister was prescribed some stuff because she had ADHD, ADD, and uh, some other disorders or whatever I can't remember the name and <clears throat> it was told if to us 
in the family if you mix these things that you weren't prescribed it could kill you and I was probably eight nine years old at this time and I just like I knew I was too young to even think about what I was doing but at the same time like I matured really fast for my age like I was I was doing my own laundry when I was nine years old you know I was like if if we had a, a yard or whatever that needed to be mowed or cleaned up, hell, I was the one out there doing it at nine years old. Like, I don't, I didn't even know how any of that stuff worked back then. I was never taught anything like that. I had to learn it myself. And if I was taught it, it was definitely not the right way, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I just kept thinking to myself, like, it's, it's, this really how my life's gonna be, and I just I couldn't I couldn't live in it, you know I couldn't. And if I told anybody about it, you know that'd just get ten times worse for me. Stepdaddy always told me whatever happens in these four walls stay in these four walls, and if it got out, he would. He told me one day he'd kill me, literally. And I told him straight back to his face, you ain't got to worry about it because I'll do it myself before I let you do it. And that that same night, I tried it. Uh, I went to the hospital that night because I was locked myself in the bathroom. I was in there for four hours before anybody knew I was even gone. And, uh, I think it was my brother that came in looking for me and realized that the bathroom was locked. The bathroom was always my safe haven for me. And school was my safe haven because it got me out of my head for in, in my home life. And, you know, like, and I hated school. Like, I, I didn't like it. But I was good at it. And, you know, and all my friends and everything kept me occupied enough to you know, I, I keep your mind distracted from it. Yeah, exactly. So, but he uh, he ended up kicking the door down and found me laying there or whatever. And I was I was already passed out or whatever. They they get they rushed me to the hospital, and I couldn't even tell them what I was on, you know, cause. Hell, everything I took or whatever I done, everything that was left in my sister's little bottles, took every bit of it, all of it. I can't tell you how much it was, but I took it. And uh, I don't know that it was an eye opener for me, because like that was my first, you know, that was that was the first time and only time that I ever tried killing myself. But it wasn't the only time I've ever died. Because I've died three times in my life. While I'm still here, I still wonder to this day. Because I died then. I died <clears throat> after my dirt bike wreck. And I died whenever my lung collapsed. When my lung collapsed, I lost. I had one night. It was... I was in the hospital for 10 days, and by the fourth night is when I died. 
and they they got me back. And that next morning, they came in and talked to me when I woke back up. And they told me I lost oxygen levels. You know, your oxygen level is supposed to run at 98%. Well, it dropped down to 40. And I lost all the oxygen to my body. And it told, and it just shut down organ after organ. And, and I ended up dying. Well, that night, <coughs> I told my mama that my girlfriend was gonna come stay with me. And she she ended up showing up. But at that time I was in the ICU still on 24 hour watch. And they told me I could only have one person stay with me. So I told my mom to go home, get some rest, take a shower, and you can come back up here tomorrow. My, girl, my girlfriend's on the way, she'll be here in 10 minutes. My girlfriend shows up with one of her friends, stay for 15 minutes and leaves. Says she's gonna be right back. Never came back. She went and got drunk with her ex-boyfriend that night. And uh, her mama found out she wasn't where she was supposed to be and her mama told her she had to come home. And I, I had more trust in that girl so much trust that I told my own mama that you can go home. But that same night, my mama didn't have her son no more. And, you know, like, it kills me, man. It really does. Like, it just, it, it really shows me, like, how, how cruel people can be in this world. But, I just, I don't know. I didn't talk to that girl for a while after that. And, and she begged me. You know, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. She was going to tell me that. Yeah, she really cared. She could have stayed. And I told her that. So, and I, I ended up, and, and the next day, or whatever, when, when I found out that she went and, you know, was with her ex-boyfriend. I broke up with her that same day. Over the phone. <laughs> while I was still in the hospital. <laughs> but. I don't know. I, a lot of people say. That uh. They look at me and say I have it easy. And. I, I believe compared to some people. I do have it easy. But at the same time. A lot of people don't know what I, what I have went through, what I've experienced in my life up to this point, and I'm grateful where I'm at today. I'm grateful that you know I'm able to work every day. I got a I got a paid for vehicle that I paid for myself with my hard earnings that I've I've fixed myself, or I've had a a shop once or twice, you know. But hey, I paid for it to get towed to the shop. Or, you know, I had to borrow the money, but I still paid that money back in full. You know, and I, me personally, I'm not the person to rely on somebody else. Because I learned real little that I'm on my own in this. But don't get me wrong, there are some people out there that will help you along the way. You just gotta ask, and I'm not that person to ask.
never been that person. I'm saying white bro. I just it gives me a fun feeling I'm trying to ask for something, you know. And yeah, that just, I think we all. I think everybody's a little too prideful, man. A little too prideful to give. Some people are a little too prideful to ask. And that's a that's a tough spot to be in too, man. I, I thoroughly enjoy giving to everybody. I really do. I feel like it's one of the most selfish things you can do. Mm-hmm. There's so much gratification in it that you get so much satisfaction. No, that you could help somebody else. There's, at least for me anyway, there is little in this world that comes close to that feeling. Maybe busting a nut, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, man, the... I hope everybody knows, you know, like, if they ain't got nobody that they could come to, I'm here, regardless. I don't care who you are, where you're from. I don't care if we've been into it, fucking fist fault, whatever it may be. I ain't here to judge nobody, man. You really, I, I know I ain't got no right to judge. You know, a lot of people judge you by how you look, how you talk, <laughs> even how you walk, you know? Shit, man, if you looked at me, you'd be like, what the fuck is this fat-ass, redneck, emo-looking cowboy <laughs> motherfucker doing? <coughs> I already know. A lot of people think I know. A lot of people think I look like an asshole by looking at me. I'm like, oh, that dude's probably a fucking douchebag. That's a fucking asshole right there. And then they talk to me, and then they're like, oh, he's actually pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty, he's all right. He's yeah, all right. that, you all right. <laughs> you all right in my book. I'm all right in your book. No matter what Cody says about me, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Shit, first time I seen you, I was like, he looks pretty fucking chill. I bet you he smokes weed. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I even asked. I was like, hey, y'all ain't having enough butt, dude. I was like, no, we ain't got enough. Or I may have enough to roll, roll a little bit. I remember that second day in Amory. I think that's the first time I met you was in Angry. Yeah. yeah I think it was storm damage, yeah. yeah. That's right. I'd had you on Snapchat from something. I don't remember what it was. I think, uh, you know. Maybe Sunshine, sunshine had it yeah. Into something. I think it was Goons. Is what he had. It had, been, had to be in the Goons. And then, uh. Hell, then. I guess the second time I seen you was in Tallahassee. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because y'all was already up there or whatever. Remember, we came and helped out. I think we was there for like a month or so. Maybe two. Where else we see you at? 
Yeah, I guess I see seen you again because we went to Derek's house, and then because our truck was down, then the McGee. The hell here. That's the most time I've been able to spend around your shit. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Been here seven months, only seen you a handful of times, and shit. Watch your brother to me. Yeah, for real, man. Cable dogs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, I don't know about no cable dogs. Mmm. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever even want to put that I've done cable in my life <laughs> on any kind of resume. <laughs> I think anybody look at you different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this motherfucker. Uh, we don't need him in there. It's going to be lots of sexual harassment in the office. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have sexual harassments and a lot of, of G around here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Smoke break. Safety <laughs> meeting. Yeah, safety <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Smoke break. Safety yeah. meeting. Is it lunchtime yet? For the fifth time today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who said lunch? We ain't taking no fucking lunch. What's the lunch? That's just grand fiber services for you. They can ram it, cram it, and jam it anyway. <laughs> <way. laughs> Hit a line and hit it past nine. (laughs) Damn it, boy. Ain't that fucking (laughs) fast. Shit. That was like one of the first sayings whenever I came to this job. And I didn't understand it until after I worked my full all-nighter or whatever. And and, uh, where was I at? I think it was uh, Abbeysville. Abbeysville, Alabama. Mm. And, uh... Me knowing Kenny know all too well about everybody working that night. Mm-hmm. I worked with, uh... It was, it was me, Dan, and Joey, or whatever. And me and Joey's been there maybe a week or two, and then Dan finally came up with a, with a bucket truck. And, uh... Like, we already had one, but... We, like, ours went down... So we needed another one. So Dan came from McGee, and he he came on our crew for a little while, and uh, then Derek or whatever finally came up there and tried to figure out the ropes and stuff. And I tell you, we did, we worked till probably like four o'clock in the morning or whatever, and then finally went to sleep and went right back at it at like six o'clock. You know. Mm. Me and Noah and Kenny, we worked. Uh Remember, we worked all day, went back, we took about a two, three hour nap, got back up, went back out there to do our highway shit, because there was absolutely no fucking body on the roads over here after fucking 10 o'clock. So we got out there about 10 o'clock, did our road crossings and shit, worked till fucking three, four in the morning, went back, slept, got up at 10 in the morning, went back out there. Yeah, that fucking, that was rough as fuck, man. That was also one of the weeks I drove like 58 hours in, in one week. Fucking, uh, I was on the road constantly, just back Shit. and forth, back and forth. It's been a long time since I've had me a fucking 
rogue day. And uh, when me and Dan went home last weekend, we left at seven. I didn't get at, I didn't get home until nine o'clock the next morning. We left here, went to McGee, got my truck, got my shit loaded up, had to go over to the rent house, get some shit for Noah, get some shit for me, fucking got on the road, caught the shits on the way home, mm. had to stop five times on the way home to shit. Golly. And uh, fucking finally made it home about nine o'clock, and I was running on no sleep for 26 and a half hours. Oh shit. Well, girlfriend. Hey. What are you doing? Hey. She said, she said, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this little podcast. Some good talk. It's pretty good talk. Talking about all your childhood trauma, how you were adopted, and... Ain't that too much. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a joke? No, I was joking. Is that real? Is that true? Yeah, she was adopted. Oh, I'm just legit. <laughs> you look adopted. <laughs> I swear I ain't told him nothing about you, Zoe. No, and like how he just like just claimed that was crazy. Bro, that kind of creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, like her eyes, like, how do you, you know too much? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to be offensive or anything. I'm a little stoned, so I don't know if it's stoner intuition right now or not, but hey, we're here. It ain't my story to tell. Exactly. Yeah. I'll tell mine. You like doing podcasts? You ever done a podcast? No. Mm-mm. I'm not. You wouldn't do one? All you do is just talk, talk about your life. That's it. I mean, I guess. Well, you'd have to talk to me about your life first before you can go and talk to the world about your life. Dude. <laughs> dude, it blew mine. I was like, how'd you know? 
<laughs> and then you said, well, it's just the way you looked. <laughs> you look about them. That was kind of like dumb. I shouldn't have said that. Look, 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 speaking of that, all right, so then my dad, me, it was me, and my sister, and my dad all in the living room one day and talking. And like, she said, my sister goes and looks at my dad, and she, she kept asking my mom this question one day. And my mom and my dad obviously ain't together. And well, she she asked him, she was like, Dad, was I an accident? And he was like, No, your brother was the accident. You was adopted by a black family. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, boy. You were adopted by a black family. <laughs> oh, that's fucking mean. Yeah. <laughs> How old was she? She was probably like 14, 15, something like that. So this wasn't that long ago. Uh, and this just a couple years ago. It's, it's still funny shit, though. That's fucking rough. I had to take her down a few notches. Yeah. <laughs> I would have questioned it for a second. Like, 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 what was really funny about it, she just like looked at him and was like looking at her skin and then looked at him again, looked at her skin. And she was like, How? Well, it was a mixed black family. <laughs> Damn it, boy. Oh, man. How y'all feel about being up here? Y'all like it? I like it. You know, I I like the the people up here, the views or the senior the scenery itself. You know, the uh, the running ain't too bad. It's just different. You know, something we just uh, I definitely ain't used to. Cause like when I first started, I was down there in McGee, and like it had some easements, but it wasn't like straight up and down. You know, or super curvy and stuff. It was. A lot of straight running and, and planes and stuff like mm. that, you know. Power line as far as you can fucking see. Yeah. So you ain't looking at nothing but cable TV and telephone for as far as you can see, yep. buddy. Yep. Put strand on top of it and go. Yeah, and, and when we came out of here or whatever and they said it was nothing but new build, we was all excited for it until we figured out what kind of new build it was and it was just nothing but back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, I think we put literally, like, out of the whole fucking strand runs we've all done so far, we probably put four straights in in probably, like, 100,000 feet, you know. Damn. Yeah, like, four straight poles in the whole the whole thing. It's it's pretty... Fucking double dead ends. <sighs> Man, there was, there was one run, I don't know if y'all did it or Dylan did it. I think Dylan did it, and y'all didn't, like... The other half of it, whatever. My half. Uh, uh, Black Fox Road or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we did the front end of it. Yeah, we did well, the ass end. Yeah, well, the ass end of it was literally nothing but double dead ends. And that was where we put literally nothing, like, 63 down, guys. Yeah. 63 down, guys. And, like, when I told you that uh, when we brought Nick along, and, like, that was all he ever did, that's how I know he can do a down guy. <laughs> because we, he put in shit. I ain't gonna lie. I had my fucking fair share with uh, Dan and Noah down in McGee, and uh, shit. I set twenty eight in one day. 
Yeah. I've had my fair share with anchors in one day. Fuck them motherfuckers. Me, me, and, me and Dylan went and set 58 anchors in one day. Mm. And then, the next week, me, uh, Derek, and uh, another guy named Jeremiah, black dude that lived right next to the rental house, or the office house down oh, there. Yeah. He, See the one that works for Air South? Yeah. 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 Well, uh... He's still over. Yeah. Well, he was working with us for a little while, and, uh, me and him went out and set maybe, like, 300 anchors in a week, and maybe probably a quarter of that was by hand, like, taking it and trying to drive it in with the anchor cranker and anchor cranker wouldn't mm-hmm. do it so we'd take it take another anchor and just walk around it you know or take like two 20 inch bolts or one or whatever and just down crank it in my hand if one of them gets tired then the other one jump in you know what I mean shit we did that over in McGee not too long ago that was fucking fun couldn't get the fucking anchors in the ground ground was so hard and dry so we had to use fucking um, goddamn auger bit. And hell, sometimes that auger bit wasn't even long enough. Mm-hmm. They get hung uh, up, still a okay. foot out of the ground, foot and a half out of the ground. I know we was down, what was he at? In Moulton or whatever one time. Oh, trying fuck. to set some anchors. Hanging that ADSS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking hell, buddy. Goddamn preforms as long as me. <laughs> and um, but was was and wind antlers were that big too, ain't they? Mhm. It was it was wild, dude. But and like the heat up there that week too, because we was there for maybe like two weeks doing that, just helping out them up there. Then we came back down to McGee or whatever, and and finished out some work before. Uh, Pontotot Air Crew, Ingemar, New Albany, and probably the Max Out Project opened mm-hmm. up before us. But, uh, we was, we was sitting some anchors down there, and we had to take jackhammers just to get into the ground. Damn it, son. Yeah, because damn, there was rocks fucking out the ass. Yeah, there's a bunch of goddamn rocks over. Bunch of fucking rocks. It was, it was ridiculous. Bunch of fucking gravel. Yeah, and fucking damn pavement or whatever just stuck into the ground. Mm-hmm. That shit fucking sucked. We hit some about a foot in the ground, and it fucking just jerked that fucking anchor cranker. We had three people on that motherfucker, and it jerked it out of every one of them's hands. Yeah, we've had there was one of them down there. Like I got a, I got a picture. We, we tried to set three anchors in three different spots and every one of them fucking just twisted up. Every one of them. We said, fuck it, we ain't set no anchors right there. So it went on about our day. Mm-hmm. And there it was. Says, well, you gotta at least get one of them in there. Well, you see the three we already ruined. <laughs> like, <clears throat> there's no more we really should do, you know? We're just wasting anchors by then. So what you want me to do? Just keep fucking driving it and doing the same thing, 25 of them? Yeah. That's what you want me to do the rest of the way. God damn, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, because down there, like, if you want to go out there, you can set up either your 5,000 feet of footage or you can go and set 25 anchors and 
both of them taste the exact same. You know? Yeah. That's the one thing I did like about McGee. You know, every little thing you got to pay for. So. You got to pay for everything. Bolt, fucking... Bolt, clamp, bond, fucking... Uh, mm-hmm. Weaver, Weaver, fucking split bolt. You got to pay for everything on that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Putting preformers down, straight splices, fucking everything. Whatever yeah. you had to do. You do it and then pay You build yeah. for it, you know. Fibertech, all of it. Every fucking thing on that motherfucker got built for it. Mm-hmm. That was a cool thing about McGee. The fucking pole change up was like $350. Just more than that now. Yeah. We did one that paid $650. Shit. That's a change. Hell, that fucking just. That. Just that one pole change over there. But that, that pole, fucking Nick's whole damn week of working, you know? That fucking pole change out there that, and Noah did it, but hell, he had to, man, that fucking, oh, dude. I don't even know how to begin to describe, like, we had to dig up the fucking conduit, underground conduit that runs into the box right there. And then fucking move it over four feet to the knee pole. Had to dig it three foot deep, three and a half foot deep. Oh, that was fucking rough. Dry ass fucking ground. A little spade shovel. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, it I'd sucked, re- dude. I didn't figure it out. If I'm going to dig anything, I'm going to pickaxe and then I'm going to shovel. Pickaxe to break it up and then shovel just to get the access and fucking repeat the process over and over again until I had it done. That's how we digged out that trench over there in uh, Tallahassee, next to that bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, from the pickaxes and Man, stuff. Man, fuck that goddamn bridge, dude. Mm-hmm. Did y'all, were you there when we had to push PVC through it? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's just It's been a long time since I got that hot. Yeah. It was I was, I was about too. to fucking puke. Like, I was on the verge of puking. It sucked down there. Fucking Cody and them said, fuck that. We're down, get up at 5 o'clock, or 4 o'clock, really, and drifting. work to about 10, then, you know, rest until 4, 30, 5 o'clock, and go right back out there. Yeah, work fucking... to about 8, 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we were doing, too. That was probably one or two days that we actually worked straight up through the day, because it was how bearable we can do it, you know. Yeah, the heat over there was fucking ridiculous. Wasn't it? Fucking muggy as shit. That lake had good fishing though. Yeah, see that was one thing I didn't do, and I think I don't know. I, I'm pretty like I'm pretty positive I brought my fishing poles here or whatever, but I don't know where any of them are now. Here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone stole my fishing pole. I mean, they weren't but fucking like $20. Redbird fan over there? I don't know if it was over there or fucking, you know, they probably damn slid out the fucking tailgate or whatever because hell, when I had fools in the back of it, but I really don't know. You know or I could have just left them at home. I don't know. I ain't been home so fucking. I don't know. It seems like forever, but in reality, it's only a month. Yeah, I don't think that's what. 
A lot of people realize about this job. Yeah, the money's fucking good. Goddamn, you never see home. Never. You get to go home for maybe 24 hours, and then you're literally right back. See, we got lucky with the Max Out project because it was working right there in Pontotoc, Ed Crew, New Albany, Inglemore, and Oxford, you know. I got to go home every night. Every night. Get to do whatever I want to. We spent one week working over there in New Albany. That was it. We were over in Pontotoc, I guess, helping y'all do some stuff. And then right after that, we were in New Albany for a couple of days, and that was it. Right back to Alabama. Mm-hmm. It is kind of the perks of this job, though, man. You get to see some cool shit. I'd definitely say some cool shit up here. Mm-hmm. These fucking mountains are beautiful. Fucking sunrise and sunsets, gorgeous. Like, like you seen my story today or whatever? Oh, yeah. You yeah. seen my office view story the other day? Yeah. See, yeah. I thought that was crazy, man. Like, we had the whole lake all the way back mm-hmm. into there and all that right there in the lake. Nothing but fucking houseboats. It's pretty cool, man. Is that if you keep going down 33 down there? Yeah. That shell? Mm-hmm. Well, right there, like, you know where uh, Dan was sitting at this morning? If you go on down that road... Going down that road. Don't they come in the Black Fox? Yeah, if you go off to the right or whatever yeah. with that Y. Yeah, but instead of going to the right, go to the left and go all the way back into the back. Go straight up to it. Look where we were at. But I got hit like three times down through there, like fucking in my truck. All of them fucking roads down through there are rough, too. Fucking traffic's insane, especially on 33, man. Dude, 33 is fucking rough. They have cops sitting there, flaggers sitting there, telling them, and signs out telling them to reduce speed ahead and shit, and still running goddamn 70 mile an hour straight up a fucking mountain. My god damn, dude. Yeah, it's kind of rough. The traffic out here is insane. The amount of people that live out of here is fucking insane. Yeah, like when we first got here, like. All I seen, really and truthfully, was nothing but, you know, city. You know, until we went out to Manorville and you see some houses and this and that. Were y'all building a strand here in Knoxville? Uh, we started out there in Manorville. Manorville? Mm-hmm. They, uh, how they told us they was going to do it is, uh, we was going to start out there in Manorville or whatever and work our way around the outskirts of Knoxville and then we're just going to do the inside of Knoxville. Get everything connected on the outside and then mm-hmm. do code. That's why this is, as of right now, like a six-year contract. Is it? Yeah. Because, you know, fucking Knoxville huge. Hell yeah, it oh, takes yeah, fucking... Knoxville got that huge, yeah, man. It takes fucking three hours going one side of Knoxville to the other. And that's wild to think of it that way. That's fucking... Huge. Like I, I went to a restaurant one day or whatever and talked to the waitress, and she like was talking about like the school system and how it works up here, like how like the districts are, you know how like Pontiac is like four A and this and that. We was trying to figure out how their districts and stuff were, 
work and stuff like that, and they said it ain't nothing like that. Like, they have probably, out there in Manorville, they have eight different middle schools that all connect in the same high school. Mm. Yeah, like, if you, like, say if you live on the north side, everybody goes to a school, a different school on the north side, and it has, like, four different schools on the north side. And then, like, it's the same way the east, south, and west, you know. But they all come back and, and connect, you know, to one big-ass fucking high school. Like, the north side has one big high school. The south side has one big high school. Fucking, like, it's crazy how she told us or whatever. Because, like, she even told us, like, one of her co-workers at the restaurant even went to school with her or whatever. Different middle school, but same high school. Crazy as fuck. Mm. Like, I never, yeah, I ain't never been to any kind of school like that, you know. I never went to Pontotoc until, like, I went to elementary, like, like K through second. And then I finished in high school. I never went to all the fucking middle school and DT college and stuff like that. But, like, you know, South Pontotoc, it's all in one area, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I went to South Pontotoc. I've been around the block up there. Yeah, alright, so, uh, you know the little swamp out there in the back? Mm-hmm. Alright, so, so. Yeah, you, their little sewage pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can walk around, or yeah. whatever, to the back of it, and then they they put out a shack out there, and then my buddies would go out there and smoke mm-hmm. all the time. Fucking daring down our breaks and shit. One of the best fucking spots ever out there is uh, for break. You know, for junior high. Do they still have it under that pavilion? Yeah. Man, the amount of fights that were there. Oh, man, yeah. We had lots of fights out there. And then we had... Man, let me tell you about this fight. Uh, I have this kid named Richard McKnight. Black kid, he, uh, I'm gonna name drop a couple names in this, so, but, um, I was on the football team, I was in the fast track class, actually, is Barry Matthews still there? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Man, if you ever see him, you need to ask him about me. I will. But anyway. Um, I ain't, I ain't seen him in a minute, but hell, as soon as you said that name, uh, it just fucking flashbacked. Really but uh, true, yeah, man. Coach Matthews, he was fucking. God, he was our he, fast track uh, teacher. He hated me. Did he? He hates me. <laughs> fucking hates me. Like only only because like his his daughter or whatever. Me and her were in the same graduating class. His little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make me feel old. Yeah, we was in the same graduating class, okay? And, uh, what was really funny about it is because, like, me and her never dated or anything like that, but I always knew she had a little crush on me. And I and her dad really knew it, too. And, like, I would never fucking strive for it. Like, I never tried to at all. Because, like, she was just nothing but a fucking little whore, dude. A whore. 
done went through like everybody in the football team. I can yeah. name I can name a couple fours myself. But you probably still know them. But I ain't gonna do no I ain't gonna do nobody <laughs> But he really hated me because, like, I, I'd smart back to him. Like, he, he damn called my name out, and I call him by his middle name or something like that. And he's like, What did you say to me, boy? I said, Well, son, this is what I tell you. And oh, man. <laughs> he wouldn't give me a paddling so bad, but I told him, Look, you can't give me no paddling. I know my mama signed the papers. Y'all can give me a paddle all you want to, but I ain't gonna get one from you. <laughs> yeah, I got a paddle. <laughs> Does he still do a fast track? They went away with fast track. Really? Yeah, they went away with it. Uh, my eighth grade year. What the fuck? Yeah. Cause by that time we had a bunch of kids or whatever that was like. Not developing fast enough or whatever. And, like, if they would have kept the fast track program, man, it would have helped so many people, really and truthfully. And the only reason why they didn't was, like, a budgeting type deal. Because, like, they didn't want, like, the teachers didn't want to do it no more, really and truthfully. Like, they didn't want to have to teach, like, two grades in one. And it was fucking weird. Because, like, my brother, he went through fast track. There's a older woman that used to teach 7th grade English yeah I can't remember her name yeah Miss Griggs she taught 8th grade I know Miss Griggs and then you also had a black woman that taught 8th grade yeah they both moved up to high school she's kind of a bigger black woman Mm -hmm. well I say big she had a thick old boogie on her. She did have a thick old boogie. Yeah, she had a big old boogie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wasn't that, uh, when I was there, there was a hot ass fucking ninth grade science teacher. She taught biology. She, she moved to physical science. I know who you're talking about. Because our biology teacher was, my biology teacher was a dude, Mr. Franks. But uh, but she had kind of like brunette. Yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. She didn't really have no tits, but she's kind of cute in the face. Mm-hmm. Slim, thick hips. Yeah, she. Think her name. She ended up being the. Uh, I can't think of her name either, but she was a physical science teacher. Everybody wanted to fuck her. I think someone actually did eventually. I think so. I never got no, uh, no, I'll say this, I've had school teachers hit me up after I, since I've graduated and shit, but, uh, never had none do that during, in school. I didn't get to live that out. I had a buddy of mine. I did get to, uh, have a slumber party with the cheerleading team. I was a cheerleader. I know what you said. Shout out to you. Yeah, they thought I was gay. So <laughs> you lived and got over there, and they were, they were like, "You're gay, ain't you?" And I was like, "Fuck no, I ain't gay." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Oh, I was like, yeah, that's your fault, not mine." <laughs> we all there in their fucking brown panties. I'm over here in my boxers, and like, 
Well, let's see what it looks like. I'm going to eat a new meat one. Let me see y'all. Let me see. First and only time I've ever had a threesome. Cheerleading team at Sattella. That was fun. I had a threesome with him. I had two different threesomes. Had one with uh, two twin sisters because I forgot uh, which one was which. And I ended up fucking my girlfriend's sister. And my girlfriend found out and just decided to join in. And it was great. Um, it was like I was fucking the same person with just two different Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> and then another time was, uh, it was, like, I wasn't with either one of these girls. It was just like, they both wanted me, and I told them that, uh, y'all can either fight over it, y'all can both fuck me, and they, uh, they wouldn't fight each other, they said they both fuck me. Well, I'm glad that works out in your favor because that does not work out in my favor. Well, it was the first time for everything. Confidence goes a long way with that shit. Yeah. Man. I think it's about time to wrap this up. That was 10 15. Yeah, I got a 15 minute drive. Yeah. I act like that's a far drive, but... (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. Shane, man, thank you for coming and talking. Amen, man. Always. You have to do it again. Yeah, next time time I'll be blazed. Yeah. I'm going to have some damn hot thoughts. (laughs) Tell me about it. Some fucking... Some of them shower thoughts, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Shit.